Hello and welcome to the Empowered Female Podcast. I am Hannah Walker. I'm a female fitness coach specialising in cyclical fitness, helping fellow women and mums hack their hormones to maximise their training results. So when I say hack, I mean learn. So we as women can work with our hormonal fluctuations each cycle to work with ourselves and not against ourselves. So welcome to episode episode it's gone a bit australian there welcome to episode two of the empowered female podcast where i am going to be talking all things progesterone and how this hormone at its peak affects our strength energy fat loss the lot so on a standardized 28 day menstrual cycle each of the four phases in your cycle work out to be pretty much seven days If you have an irregular cycle, which is really normal, or a longer than 28-day cycle, each of your four phases is going to be either longer or shorter than seven days. But for the purpose of this podcast, I'm going to refer to the four phases of your menstrual cycle as weeks, as it is clearer to imagine. I think that's how I imagine them in blocks of four weeks, even though it doesn't always work out that way. So in week one of your cycle, day one, week one being your period of the joys, progesterone is low. So throughout week one and two, it has little to no effect um, and it starts a very steady ascent in week two. And then from the end of week two, after ovulation, and as your estrogen takes a nosedive, it rises quite fiercely and it peaks at the end of week three. So week four sees its drop right down with the simultaneous drop of estrogen causing your womb lining to shed and we are back to day one, week one of your cycle and your period. So progesterone is the secondary reproductive hormone in women and is released from the corpus luteum that develops after the release of the egg at ovulation in the ovaries, hence why it is called the luteal phase throughout week three and week four. It's very clever, really. The increase of progesterone is the cause of your basal body temperature increase. So it's when you feel hotter than normal that week before your period. So this temperature increase is often used as a fertility marker for women trying to conceive, but there is evidence to show now that it might be better to track your fertility using changes to your discharge over your temperature increase. This is because the increase in temperature will indicate that you have ovulated, but what you want to be doing is trying to conceive as you ovulate or slightly before and slightly after to give yourself the best chances. So if this is you, keep an eye out for the raw egg white discharge that will arrive in your pants roughly two days prior to ovulation. And this might help you a bit more than being the other side of ovulation and just hot. Anyway, I digress. Back to progesterone. So along with the increase in basal body temperature comes an increase in energy expenditure and resting metabolic rate, meaning you will be burning more calories each day. But don't get too excited and run for the cupboards because it's only an increase of 100 to 300 calories each day. So this, unfortunately, is counteracted by the fact that when progesterone is the dominant hormone, hunger levels are increased. The cravings for high calorie, super tasty foods are on the agenda here, making controlling food intake, if you were in a calorie deficit, very difficult for a fat loss journey. So if you consume lots of super tasty, high calorie foods at this time, this will also cancel out the metabolic increase of burning an additional 100 to 300 extra calories each day because you are likely to eat a lot more than that. So progesterone on its own doesn't appear to increase hunger. However, in the presence of estrogen, it does. So week three, when progesterone peaks, sees a resurgence of estrogen to about half its peak of week two at ovulation. 
ovulation. So estrogen does come back and surge a little bit, but not to the degree it did at week two. So the drop in estrogen after ovulation also means that your dopamine and your serotonin levels are lower. So we may go searching for happiness at the bottom of a bag of Doritos or a packet of biscuits. Progesterone also causes some degree of insulin resistance, causing unstable blood sugar. So put simply, the cells in your predominantly skeletal muscles, which are the muscles we build at the gym, and your liver may or may not refuse to take the digested carbs in the form of glycogen on board. So it will leave more glycogen circulating in your blood, which makes your blood sugar higher. So your blood sugar then bounces between being higher than normal and lower when the muscles and liver do allow storage and these fluctuations can stimulate hunger so unstable blood sugar also affects energy levels and mood which as we know from experience also affect our food cravings confusingly this insulin resistance causes a decrease in carbohydrate use and an increase in fat utilization both at rest and during aerobic exercise so this sounds great right we're going to be burning more fats for fuel thanks progesterone you're doing us a solid here but, and here is the but, most of the additional fat being burned is from intramuscular fat within the muscles, so has no direct impact on the visible subcutaneous body fat you may be trying to lose if you are on a fat loss journey. Sad times. So when your diet is uncontrolled, you aren't tracking your calories or focusing on higher protein, higher fiber, and food volume from whole foods to help you adhere to a calorie deficit to lose body fat, an increase of food intake of anywhere between 90 to 500 calories per day has been observed during the luteal phase, which are your week three and week four. So as you know, this knocks the metabolic increase of 100 to 300 calories per day out of the park. So any additional calories that you are going to be burning due to that metabolic increase are pretty irrelevant when it comes to the increase in calories you will consume due to the food cravings. If you are on a fat loss journey, you are able to use your higher protein and higher fiber diet to your advantage here. And if you are able to stick to your calorie deficit, the increase in metabolic rate of 100 to 300 calories each day over the course of the 10 to 14 days roughly that the luteal phase lasts, so weeks three and four, you could burn an additional 1,000 to 300 calories in that time period. That won't be easy, but that is what is possible. So in real money, this amounts to somewhere between a third to just under one pound of body fat, which I think is quite big. On the flip side, food calories can be increased during this phase if it will help with adherence for long-term fat loss. And if you have to do this, this is not failure. This is long-term management. And when we look at progesterone's effects on our training, it is also pretty negative. So progesterone binds to an androgen receptor, which normally binds with testosterone. So this stops it binding to testosterone. So that cancels out any positive effect that we see testosterone have on our strength and muscle building capacity when it's at its peak in week two. So in week three, when progesterone is at its highest, it basically stomps all over testosterone and progesterone rules. Put simply, progesterone inhibits any positive impact that testosterone can have. So because of that, progesterone decreases tendon strength and our ability to build muscle. Nice one. Thanks, mate. And if you can remember from episode one, estrogen directly improves muscular remodeling and growth, which isn't happening here either. The increase in your basal body temperature can also have an impact on your training. I know 
I, for one, feel like my head is about to explode sometimes when I'm training the week before my period, so on week four, and I often have to duck out of the gym mid-session and go and stand in a car park for some fresh air because I am that woman who is way, way too hot. But this can have a negative effect as well on endurance athletes and cause problems with thermoregulation during exercise, especially if they are out in hot, humid conditions. Further problems can occur also for high intensity endurance performance because the use of carbohydrates for fuel is lowered because of the insulin resistance that develops. But I think it's important that we remember progesterone's role in our bodies when it comes to making babies. So its role is to prepare the uterus for pregnancy, to thicken the womb lining so the fertilised egg has a luxurious indoors and fancies taking up permanent residence, settling in nicely and growing a human. It's also vital for maintaining a pregnancy. So to be fair to progesterone and all its negative effects when it comes to building muscle and losing body fat, this isn't what it's there for. So we have to respect the role it has and its purpose and we have to work around it and use the other weeks of our menstrual cycles to our advantage. We can use week two with its peak in testosterone and estrogen for muscle building, all the energy and all the strength, goons, goons, goons. And we will have to control our controllables for weeks three into week four, knowing that we might, and not always, have to rein in the weights and intensity of our workouts whilst becoming more planned, more organised, more clever with our calories if we are on a fat loss journey in week three and four. But we can ensure we get enough sleep, stay well hydrated and adult ourselves throughout this time. In short, progesterone isn't as great for our overall gains, energy, strength and muscle building as oestrogen and testosterone, who provide a potent combo for us to take advantage of in our training in week two. And it also throws in some more challenges for staying in a calorie deficit. But this is the roller coaster we are on, ladies, and the more we know the more control we have and the more progress we can make. So having this knowledge, feeling those fluctuations and understanding the roles each of our hormones have will help us make great progress on our individual journeys. So we are at that point in the podcast where I am joined by Kelly Wade. Kelwa. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to hear some funny excited. stories. excited. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm pumped and ready. <laughs> so I've only got one story that you haven't heard. And then there is a, another couple of stories, but I think we've both read them. Yeah. So there's yeah. one. Um, they are period related, but one of them is not. Okay. It's just. I'm excited to hear this one because I think it's going to be hilarious. It's basically sex related. Oh, good. But it is probably one of the funniest stories I've ever heard. Um, so. Hi, ladies. Not technically a period-related situ, but a hilariously embarrassing situation nonetheless. My boyfriend and I were doing it while we were at the foreplay stage. Well, I don't like that word, foreplay. I don't know why I don't like it. Um, Not foreplay, I don't like the word. Um, (laughs) Say, oh, dear, never mind. (laughs) Yeah. It's a whole nother podcast. Um, Well, we were uh, were at the foreplay stage. I can't say it. What is wrong with us today? (laughs) Well, we were at the foreplay stage and he was doing something great with his fingers until there was a weird smell. Oh no. I thought he had farted, but he was also looking a bit puzzled. Then I noticed a brown smudge on my thigh. (laughs) I ran to the toilet and I wanted the world to swallow me up. I was so embarrassed because it was poo. (laughs) Oh my god, I've literally I've got like jaw on the floor. 
my boyfriend had been like massaging let's call it the back of my perineum and it had pushed out a tiny bit of poo oh my so he God, was obviously doing something with that. his no neither am I <laughs> with his fingers which meant that the pressure on the back wall obviously put some pressure on the rectum and a little bit I mean having over up. yes that might help me <laughs> Maybe you need to do some back wall. Some, maybe this is what they mean when they say I need to see a pelvic uh, physio. <laughs> They're just going to massage out some poo. Oh, my God. Um, I hid in bed under the covers and was convinced he was going to leave me. Um, oh. Just to, so you know that we are still together and we laugh about it now. That's really funny. Oh, my God. Well, there's nothing better than a poo story. But, like, yeah, I probably would be like, you're going to leave me. <laughs> this is I'm, awful. Yeah. <laughs> It's I'm, not, not the I'm one genuinely t- so shocked. I know, it's mad, isn't it? Yeah, it's was not expecting really that. <laughs> I was not expecting a little poop story. Oh my God. That's a little bit mental. Um, oh, I've never experienced that. Well, <laughs> I like, TMI. Have you? No, no. Ever pooped or, <laughs> on a boyfriend? Not that I can, not that I can remember. <laughs> I'm sure I would have remembered. <laughs> no, I haven't. There's always that fear, though, or feeling if you... No, you probably need to do a poop, but you haven't oh, really yeah. had time or it could be like embarrassing smell-wise if you're sharing a small bathroom. I remember. So then you have the sex and you're like, oh, yeah. this is, like, you have to do a lot of control down there. <laughs> some, and sometimes, really the, yeah, the control doesn't help, does it? Or there's yeah. just lack of it. I remember being uh, out on a date and thinking that it was going to be that day, you know, like or that <laughs> night even, the first time you were going <laughs> to sleep together. And, yeah, I just... <laughs> Oh, it's terrible. I can't even. I can't even tell the story now. I think I thought about it out loud. You have to tell but, it now. You're no, committed. No, it's just. Yeah, I mean. So yeah, as I just mentioned, I have IBS. So every oh, now and no. again, it just things just happen. And I as as I got there, I mean, I'd driven a long time to get there, a long way, I should say. And um, and I was like, oh, my tummy feels just a bit funny. Oh no! And, and then that he, just he must was be horrible. Yeah, cause cause he was like really wanting to go for it, and I was like, yeah, I'm just not, just not feeling it. Sorry. Yeah. I was like, I just need to go to the toilet again. Actually, please go. On. I actually am feeling it. I'm yeah. just yeah. in the wrong area. <laughs> not how you want me to feel it. Yeah, it was. Oh yeah. Needless to say, he was like, oh, I didn't think you liked me. You know, I was trying to get it on and you kept saying no and I was like really just wanted to say yeah it's just because I you know kept needing to <laughs> go and have a poo thought I was going to shit myself but yeah. it was fine apart from that you were great otherwise <laughs> out of your control <laughs> okay story number two I've got a very squeaky clipboard that's not ideal um, <laughs> it's better than the fireworks from last time oh yeah that was so weird hello ladies I went for dinner with a friend he's a hot friend there was potential that some after hours activities were on the cards Annoyingly, I'd come on my period just as I was getting ready to go out to meet him. Classic, obviously. Mm. Um, We enjoyed lots of drinks and had a really lovely night. My plan to drive home failed due to my cocktail consumption that night, so I stayed at his. Nothing happened, as I thought better of the period situ, but sleeping in someone else's sheets with a heavy period wasn't (laughs) ideal. First day drama. I was... I've got to turn my piece of paper over, hold on. I was worried that... Uh, what the hell? I've read this really badly. Nothing nothing happened, as I thought better with the period situ, but sleeping in someone else's sheets with a heavy period wasn't ideal. Um, I was so worried that I padded myself <laughs> up to the max and slept with my tights on all night to make sure there was no leakage on his sheets. Oh, I'm pleased to report it was a success, if not slightly sweaty. I'm so glad it's <laughs> February and not August. Yeah, oh. that's... Um, just sleeping in tights, and that makes my skin feel funny. 
But my feet, my feet in tights throughout the whole night. Jeez. <laughs> Like feet. But actually quite a clever idea because it's not like those pads stay in place, let's be honest. No, and a first day is usually the heaviest... Well, for me, it's generally yeah, yeah, the heaviest yeah. as well. I had something similar happen to me. And then, good old IBS. I'm like, this is like IBS podcast tonight. <laughs> I, um, yeah, so I had... Oh, I mean, if you wear leggings all day or wear tights, it's really not helpful. So yeah, I ended up having to... From um, the waistband. Yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. just like holding you in. And then... Um, yeah, end up having to uh, control the fart situation. Because you're just like, really just need to take these tights off and let rip. That's also another level of control, isn't oh, it? And the, well, and the period farts fart. as well. Because they're, oh, they're, they're, they're the worst. I'm going to do a post on that. Dog farts pre-period. <laughs> but it's <laughs> also like, if you are having sex and you feel like you need to fart, you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Then there's, yeah, there's a lot of, I do think actually women have incredible mind sphincter control. <laughs> Because that's like, that's a hell of a talent. Yeah, but have you ever been the other in the other right? Well, blah, 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 can't speak today. The other way round when you're downstairs of a guy and you know that they've let rip. Oh no, no, I don't think I have. Have you not? Oh my god, yeah, that's happened to me a couple of times. And honestly, for it's that no, man, oh god, it's just worth the work. That's not okay. Like he <laughs> should just like you know pull you just out the like, way hold it in. subtly yeah, or. or just, yeah. Okay, you that's no, you can't no. leave somebody's face down there. That's like farting in someone's face. when your mouth's open. <laughs> oh, God, no. oh my God, that's like poo particles in your mouth. Are we, are we prudy Ooh. or is this like really normal? You know what? Sometimes I chat to people about stuff and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so vanilla. Yeah. But yeah. You're I'm like, quite, yeah, I'm so not vanilla. And then someone tells you a story, you're like, prude. Oh my I God. just, I, yeah, I'm just not that wild. <laughs> I don't really want to have sex yeah, like with more people with than my chips. <laughs> oh, not yeah. chocolate chips. That was a bad choice. Not actually chocolate chips. <laughs> oh my god. Let's hope not. <laughs> Another little poo smudge. Um, have you got the other story on your phone? Um, yes. Yeah, mine was just. It's actually from myself when I. I mean, talking about heavy periods when I was really young. Because I mean, I started my periods when I was like 11 I think That's maybe so it's either my 11th birthday or just before my 12th birthday but I was 11 so mm. that makes sense um girls have to grow up so fast yeah it makes them grow up so quickly and like that... Austin's 11 there's no way on earth if he started bleeding out of his bum hole <laughs> every month that he could handle that well it leads to my story <laughs> very nicely <laughs> yeah so yeah I remember one of my first periods uh, I was super young and um luckily we'd had some sort of you know period talk at school or something and they'd given out their little packs of tampons and pads and stuff like that but we're talking 1991 maybe no god how old are you i'm joking i'm just thinking (laughs) it must have been later than that it must be 93 because i was going into secondary school um yeah and you know, heavy period, you wear a pad back in those days that was like an inch thick. Hello, it felt like they were poking out about 10 feet out the back of yeah. your knickers. And then you were convinced that all the boys knew Everybody you Everybody could see. Yeah. And you can't actually yeah. And see I, it. Yeah. So they're like really, really thick pads. Yeah. Um, and, you know, 
not super absorbent like they are these days like I think the blood just rolled straight off them uh, and, <laughs> and that's so, what we were just talking about that how they were never tested yeah, on blood exactly. they were tasted on like a saline solution and the viscosity so is so li- so different. much more water like than blood and then they are now tested on blood but it's not menstrual blood yeah and the viscosity of menstrual blood versus normal blood and is completely different um yeah so yeah that morning or the next morning I woke up and there was blood absolutely everywhere and Aww. being so young I've had really really had no idea like what was yeah, because you don't, happened. until you go through it a couple of times and then yeah. someone might mention it to you or you kind of deem that as normal for yourself yeah. and you know how to manage it, you don't know that that's normal. No, and you don't know that there's like a young, million different so types young. of pads out there with like, you know, night wings and triple this and or whatever. Like super long at the back. Yeah, like which obviously I really needed when yeah. there was fresh, you know, like fresh into getting periods and then being super heavy. Uh, so yeah, I remember waking up and just thinking, oh my God, like not only am I bleeding out my vagina every month now and which is horrible as a like 12 year old but my bum's bleeding too because I was like so upset so what's the word um convinced it that come out your it bum. just like it was because there's blood everywhere like all yeah. over me uh, which oh I thought like God. I'd been attacked in the night <laughs> but if you think you were probably like having a great sleep fast yeah. asleep like shuffling just, like, around rolling around just, yeah. yeah in my comfort and then woke up and thought I'd been slaughtered I hate that feeling. It was horrible, though. though. Like you wake up and you're like, "Oh, my thighs are really wet," and then you're like, "Oh no, no, no!" And then you have to kind of like cup your soaking, blooded pants (laughs) in your hand in the hope it doesn't kind of drip all over the floor to run to the toilet. And then you're like, "Well, where do I start? Like, Mm. where do I put the pants? What do I do? I just put them straight in the washing machine now, but they need a wrapping tissue to get from the bathroom to the washing machine." tried the period pants i'm quite intrigued to try no, them i haven't i think i'd probably do it with a pad i yeah i just i'm really intrigued to know what they're like and how good they are because i've actually only seen i looked at some in mns and i've only seen them for heavy flow feedback please ladies if yeah. anyone's using those we'll have it'll be like the thing where you have to rinse them out but it's like the menstrual cup being boiled in a pan which oh, pan yeah. do you use where do you rinse them out i wish i had one of those sort of out the back utility rooms where you yeah. could just rinse everything through in the gross <laughs> utility like room your you period pants hang in your menstrual cups in the foil yeah. <laughs> in the pan <laughs> Yeah, I feel like it's um, one of my clients years and years and years ago. Obviously, I will not name her. Um, She never had like a kind of period education. Her mum had never Mm. taught her about it. They didn't really learn much about it in school. And she was quite young, I think, when she started. So she hadn't had any educational information on what it was. So her first two periods, she thought they were food poisoning. She thought she was bleeding out of her butt. So she just thought like that was what it was. And like no one sort of said. And then her mum sort of said to her, oh... I think you might need these and just gave yeah. her some sanitary towels and she was like, oh. But she just was Still convinced didn't. it was food yeah. poisoning. And I was like, it. oh my God, I'm bleeding out my bum. Yeah. And I think actually it's hard to differentiate when it's everywhere. But, and, it, and they're so close. I mean, crikey. You know, that's <laughs> Have a why baby you... and they end up even closer. <laughs> yeah, oh God. <laughs> but that's why you get so many UTIs as a girl as well, isn't it? Because oh, it's all, yeah. So close it's and, very badly. You know, having so many issues in the same area, it's hard to figure out sometimes what is what, you know. <laughs> Is it IBS? Is it it endometriosis? Is it it just my bladder's hurting today? So everything's going on. Groin strain. (laughs) (laughs) Groin strain from holding in a poo whilst having sex. (laughs) Just hurry up, I need a poo. (laughs) Can you imagine how to turn off or how to ruin your your romantic evening? Could you hurry up, love? I'm trying to hold in a fart here. Yeah. That's after, I don't know, I mean, I'm not married, but maybe that's after yeah, years 25 of years. <laughs> Hurry up, Dave, I've got one coming. <laughs> I've got to lay some cable. How to keep the spice alive. Yeah. 
don't talk about needing a poo while you have sex. <laughs> and then when a man's having sex, it doesn't put any, well, as far as anatomically I'm aware, doesn't put any pressure on his bowels. Whereas when a woman has sex, oh, that God. can push right through. Yeah, sometimes, well... Depends who you're with. But sometimes you, you're like, oh my god, that's just got my ribs. I think that's when it hits your cervix. Yeah, because your cervix is quite a thick muscle and it can tilt and move. And I think it gets drawn up and lowers depending on your hormones, yeah. where you're at in your cycle. Well, that's why you need to go and have your smears at a certain time, isn't it? Because oh, is your that... cervix sits. They never they te- tell you that. Though. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're supposed to go roughly mid-month. Oh. because your cervix sits in a different area uh, in a different area no it's always in the same area <laughs> it's in a different position so I my mean. kidneys today <laughs> yeah it's just travelled <laughs> around the back um, yeah because quite often when I go have to have mine I have to put my um, like make a fist and put it under my back to tilt oh. my pelvis so it falls forward yeah apparently I mean because I've had one before and she was like, oh, your cervix is like round a corner. I was like, yeah. Is it a cul-de-sac? I'm not like, what? <laughs> like, why well, is it round a corner? What else like, is I, up there? I sort of thought it was just sort of tubular. Oh, Right, hey, thank you for joining me, Kelly. And oh, you're welcome. Thank you for your stories, lovely people. If you want to send us some stories, just check out the information on the podcast and it gives you my email address and my social media handles and you can send them over. Thank you very much and we shall see you next month. Bye-bye.